All right, welcome back to Church Public. Almost every church in America is in decline since the start of this pandemic. We're going to look at some of the things that are going on in churches, some of the things that may be going on for you, and what is going on in the church in America. Welcome to Church Public. Let's get started. All right, so almost every church in America is smaller than when this pandemic started. We're gonna look at a little bit of what is going on in the church today, uh, but before we get to that, thank you for joining into Church Public. If you haven't already, check out churchpublic.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google, YouTube. I have been told that at YouTube, you have to do Church Public one word to find these videos. Again, I'm looking into why that is, but we'll get to that later. Um, I do appreciate you subscribing, rating, send me any comments that you have, and I will look at them. And I appreciate all of your support. Thanks for being with us today. So today we are talking about church. Some of this is insider church things because I've been in a church for a long time, but some of it is just regular people things too because if you've attended a church, you know what's going on. And you have been part of this last year in this last year, a lot has happened and a lot has happened within the church in terms of who's attending and who's not attending anymore. Almost every church is smaller than it was before the pandemic. I was reading about some of this and just in general in the study of building habits. Most habits take about two, even up to four or six months to develop. That's just a regular habit. And We've had almost a year in some places. Some places have been shut down for a year and you haven't been able to attend church. And so now we have this habit of not necessarily attending church. It's way more comfortable for a lot of people to sit at home in their jammies, eating their breakfast, watching the latest and greatest preacher in America and listening to and worshiping with the latest and greatest worship band in America. That's just the reality of this new internet, this new online, this new Zoom, this new on-demand generation. And I mean, it really is. A new generation has been born. This is not talking about age or what age you're in or, or what phase of life you're in. The reality is we have all been changed by this latest thing that's occurred to the world, really. But America, especially, that's what I'm talking about today. And that... It's a lot easier for a lot of people to sit at home and participate in church rather than going to a physical church. That's just been true around the country and the numbers bear that out. So different churches are coming across what does engagement mean in a different way. And that's been something that's been occurring even before all of this began because engagement has been changing and numbers have been changing. We're going to look at some of the numbers from some of these research groups in a minute, but before we get to that, I just I think it's interesting, sad, different, whatever word you want to put on it, that the habit of going to church and attending in person has been changed forever. It may never come back in the same way again. And that's combined as well with this fear and this uncertainty that is permeating the entire culture. It is a culture of fear. I think you've probably seen this. You've probably identified it. Maybe you struggle with it too, that there's a culture of fear going on around the world, around America, even in the church community. This culture of fear then is, can I go be with other people? 
The spear of the virus I've seen mutate. That's a funny pun. Sorry about that. From, you know, people that you knew and loved or even just acquaintances or even people you walk by on the street. It used to be friends and family and acquaintances and just people you'd see at the store. But now it sometimes these aren't family. They aren't friends. They're just this bag of virus that's walking down the street. And I, I mean, I've had, maybe you've had this. I've had people literally jump off the sidewalk when I come by because they're so afraid of being near me that apparently just being near me is putting them in danger of death or something. And, and that's just this spirit of fear. And it's sad. It's sad to me because yes, we used to get sick before. And again, we've talked about the reality is we are all going to die at some point, but we're so scared of one another that it's it's really bad for us. It, it's bad for our souls. It's bad for our souls because we're supposed to love one another and it's really hard to love one another when you're so scared. You can't even look at one another or God forbid, breathe on one another and, and, and we might be nearing death. And that's, it, that's just sad to me. But that is a factor in what's going on in the churches because you know, a lot of people are still not comfortable going back to church, right? It's just a reality. Then there's the economy. Yes, in certain areas it is coming back, but in other areas it's been decimated and may never get back to the same levels. Many, many hundreds, if not thousands of businesses, small businesses have been just completely uh, obliterated from existence through this because they've been forced to close and as many of you may know, you can't run a business if you can't be open. Of course, there's many businesses that have grown by leaps and bounds. All of the online things have just exploded in terms of revenue and popularity. And um, again, we won't talk about the ins and outs of that, but as it re relates to church attendance, e economics and the economy, it really makes a difference, right? If you were in a job where you could work from a distance, you're probably fine. Maybe you're even better off. If you were in a job where uh, you're in the service industry or the hospitality industry or a labor job, you may, there are certain states where you may still be out of work. And that's that's a really a hard thing to wrestle through in terms of church and, and hope and um, motivation and things like that. And then there's just exhaustion. You may be exhausted. I know I've been through periods of exhaustion. Many pastors and ministry leaders are just exhausted because this has been a really difficult time ministry-wise. And that factors into what churches are doing, what they're offering, what they can offer, what they cannot offer, or government questions that are, that are getting into the whole thing. And then we finally get into this idea of attendance. Most churches are down at least 20% in America. And some are down a lot more than that. Uh, I came from a closed state. And I can say that many churches in the closed states like California and New York and uh, other states around America, some a lot of churches are still closed and they haven't opened at all yet. And so obviously you, you can't even represent those numbers. That's a, you know, there are different engagement numbers and there are different events and other things that some churches are doing, but some of them are just closed entirely. And so what do you, what do, you do with that? Uh, other churches that are open or have been open for a while are still seeing um, marked decrease in their regular attendance. I talked to a, a, large, a couple of pastors at a large church the other day, and they said even they are still at 50 or 60% of numbers that they had um, before this whole thing started. And that's just to say that 
the numbers of people attending are different. The numbers of people going to church are just different. And who knows if they will ever be at the same level. There are a lot of factors that are going on around, not, not just because of this pandemic, but because they've, they've just been, I think, amplified by, by what's been going on with the virus and the things around the world. I think there's a lot more underlying these soul things, these, these um, more than physical things that are going on in people's lives that are changing attendance patterns and changing patterns just in culture. That's kind of what we talk about every day here. For the first time since we started counting, this is according to Gallup, church membership has fallen below 50%. They started counting in 1937, and in 1937, membership or attendance back then was around 73%. And now, in 2020, it's down to 47%. I don't know how, what that number sounds like to you. I don't know if that sounds like a lot to you. It sounds like a lot to me because what that tells me is in the overall culture, there's been a change. There's been a change in how people identify and what they do with their time, what they do with their energy, what they do with their families, like what their focus is in the world. And, and I think this is an important point to look at, whether you're a church leader or whether you just are part of a church or whether you're part of the people who you decided that doing church at home is more comfortable for you now. Um, I, I do understand that, but there is a part of this that we do need to be together at some level as as members of the church. And that can look different. And, and we can talk about that at another time. But what I just want to talk about is overall, this is a trend. And, and 47%, is, it's not even just churches, it's not even mainline, it's, it's synagogues, it's mosques, it's, it's anything that is considered a religious membership. Um, and and that's, that's a really big, actually it's a really small number with a really big impact in terms of what's going on in America. 47% identify as having some kind of church membership. And the amount of people that said religion was of some importance to them fell to 48%. It's kind of a different question. It comes at it in a different way. But again, this is more than a 20-year low of people who say that religion is important. And even more striking to me, because I'm always looking forward and what's the next generation doing or what are they thinking? Because ultimately, the next generation is the future now and they're going to be the leaders soon if they are not already. And so what are they thinking? What are they doing? How are they responding to this? Because... They're leading the culture, whether we like it or not, and it is what it is, so we need to understand and, um, and respond to what this next generation is doing and, and help as, as much as, as we can. So this next generation says only 36% say something like they belong to a church um, or, or that they're in some way religious in that sense. 36% is a very low number, and, and there's a lot going on behind that. But again, what is happening, we just need to understand. And, and we need to know that things may never go back to the way that they were in terms of church being a cultural phenomenon. In, in the way that in America, you used to want to go to church. You used to, it used to be culturally significant if you went to church. And now it's kind of the opposite. Things are different. And so we have to understand that people may not want to go to church anymore. Um, 
There is a book called Strange Rites, New Religions for a Godless World by Tara Isabella Burton. She gives some ideas about this younger generation. Some you may appreciate already. You may have come to the conclusion already, but this younger generation is broadly distrusting of institutions like police, big pharma, other big institutions like uh, religious institutions and religious leaders. They're very disillusioned by that. They're disillusioned by authority. Uh, and I use the word disillusioned. Um, uh, that's, I believe, one of the words that she uses in the book. And it's, it's because the, they, they don't trust that these institutions have their best interest in mind. And they don't trust these institutions really at all. So what people are doing instead, as this author points out, and I've seen uh, both anecdotally with people that I've talked to and seen and had relationships with, and just reading through a lot of different literature, people are just mixing and matching whatever they feel like putting together in their own religion. You may have heard the term spiritual, but not religious. It's just this idea that many people know that we're not just skin and bones, flesh and bones, and, and here for a few years. We are spiritual, but they don't exactly know what that means. And so they like this part of a certain religion, and they like this part of a certain religion. So they take those and kind of match them together. And they say, I, I do like praying, and I do like meditating, but I don't really like the doctrine of salvation. And I definitely don't want you to tell me that there's something wrong with me and I've made mistakes and I've sinned. So I don't believe in that. And I don't believe that Jesus needed to pay the way for my sins, but I like Jesus as a teacher. So he was a good guy. And I like some of the practices of, of uh, meditation in yoga and Buddhism. And so we're just going to kind of mash all these things together and create my own thing. And ultimately it's just in service of me, right? It's because I, I want, me to be the center of the world and so i'm gonna create this thing that works the best for me because my worth my worldview is born out of what i believe it to be rather than in previous um in, in previous really societies and cultures at large we knew like i knew that i wasn't the center of the world so i looked to traditions foundations uh, books, scriptures that were bigger than I am and change those. Sorry, there's like crazy construction happening here. So I looked to those and I tried to change myself more towards what was going on in these traditions that are older than me, wiser than me, have outlasted me and uh, have predated all that I came from and, and will be there longer than I'm here. And, and those types of things are, are just, that's, that's how we used to view the world. That was the way society, almost every society would say like, I know I'm not the center of the world. So the traditions, the values, the writings, the scriptures, I would conform myself towards those things. Now we're in this place where the generations are rejecting the traditions of old. They're rejecting the morality of old. They're rejecting the society of old because it has problems. And instead, I'm just going to create whatever I feel like creating in whatever way I want to create it and, and just make that my new thing. And I think, hopefully, you can see what happens is then I've created this way of living 
and you've created this way of living, and that's fine as long as they don't intersect. But the reality of life is, well, now I have a conversation with you and you don't like me, and now we have this intersection of religion that just doesn't work, and now we don't agree, and now we're at war and we fight about these things. Rather than coming to some understanding, again, of something beyond ourselves, and and that's what we find ourselves in. And so this church attendance is declining because if you go to a church, they're going to tell you the time-honored tradition, the history, um, the scripture, which doesn't change, right? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But now we can't have the same yesterday, and t- today, and forever. We have to have whatever I want today. So people aren't going to go because you're just going to tell me that I'm wrong. And that's the worst thing for me, right? I don't want to be wrong. So this is where we get into this place where people are just not attending church anymore. They're not reading their Bible anymore. I have had a lot of crazy conversations with people who tell me what's in the Bible. And then I say, where? And then, okay, they haven't actually read it. They just heard from a person that there's, there's these things in there. And it's important to find the truth, not your truth, the truth in something beyond yourself, because unfortunately our feelings, our thoughts, our sleepless nights can influence us to believe and think and do things that are not right, not real. And this is where we find ourselves in this weird situation because humanity is going to have a religion. We've talked previously that identity is is a bit of a religion. We're going to talk more about identity because I believe it's such a huge issue right now. And this new like politics, this woke morality um, is a religion now. And, and you can see it in the fact that there are sins and you see sins in the news every day, on social media every day. Like if you sin against this woke um, identity, political religion, you are, you are cursed and you are cast out of culture of society and unfortunately there is also we've talked about this there's no forgiveness in this new religion so there is a religion and many people are subscribing to it and it's not a good religion because there there is no forgiveness there is no salvation there is no way through this religion there is only trying to stay in line with this religion and it reminds me of all of the this is a terrible comparison so don't judge me on this (laughs) judge me but You know, in the religion of, you know, Judaism, for instance, or you have to follow all of the laws. And if you don't follow all of the laws, then you cannot advance. And that's why there are sacrifices and all these other things in the sacrificial system. And that's why Jesus came and said, you know, I came to complete the law, to fulfill the law, not to abolish the law, but that that I know you can't do all of these things on your own. And that's the beauty of grace through Jesus and forgiveness through Jesus um, that we have when we believe in him. But there is no such grace. There is no such forgiveness. There is no way through of this woke religion. There, There just is not a way through. You can try to apologize, and you may have seen people try to apologize on the news or in social media or whatever when they've made a mistake that offends the woke uh, priests or whatever, but but you either are on the right side of this and they accept whatever you do and there's no consequence or you're on the wrong side of it and there is no way, it doesn't matter how much you apologize, it doesn't matter how much penance you do, 
you are cast out into the darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth, to use a different metaphor, right? And unfortunately, those are the two kinds of things. So you create your own religion that you try to match up with this woke religion, um, or you follow the religion of old, um, whether it's Islam or um, Judaism or Christianity. And at some point, th those are going to run into, all of them are going to run into, like they, they don't agree with a lot of the, the facets of this current culture. And, and we're seeing that become this problem. And so people, it, it totally makes complete sense to me that people are not coming. And then there's another piece too that is just that people don't want to go because they're more comfortable not going. And, and we're at this point where I think people, I think the people that are left tend to be super generalization. I understand that. But the people that are left in the churches are the people that tend to be the most interested, the most plugged in, the most, uh, the most core faithful people because this culture doesn't want you to be Christian anymore. There was a, there was a time decades ago when it was good to be Christian and you got points in culture for being Christian. I'm not sure that's a better thing, but it just was a thing. Now, you get negative points if you are a believer, if you go to church, if you do all these things. So you really have to want to go. There's no cultural star, gold star for going to church. So if you want to go to church, you really have to believe in the things that are at the church. You really have to believe in the Bible. You really have to believe in the word of God. You really have to believe in Jesus and the resurrection to want to go to church. And so on the one hand, it's sad and depressing that less people are going to church. On the other hand, I do think, again, this is a generalization and a little bit of a jump because I've only talked to some people and I've read as much as I can, but I think the people that are still going and the people that are coming now are coming because they really are interested and they really want to be there and they really want to be part of it. And I think that's actually a good thing for the believers. I think it's a good thing for the community because because we really want to go and we really want to be part of this way of Jesus. And, and that can be a really positive thing, even though the numbers are less. And I know a lot of pastors who get a little bit hung up on the numbers. And I, and I understand that because it's much more exciting to have a lot of people. Sure, yes. But let's not forget that the people that are really interested may have more depth than we give them credit for. So if you are a leader, I hope that you invest in those that are there. I hope that you pour into them, empower them to lead and to do things, disciple them, show them how to take the next steps in their faith, because I think they're the people that really want to be there and they're the people that really want to get involved. And if you are the person that you're saying, hey, how do I grow and how do I do this? Like, don't give up, uh, as, as the scripture says, don't give up meeting together. Like, go back in and figure out how to deal with your fear and figure out how to, to live in a place where, as Paul said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That used to be really the core foundation of, of believers. As Paul said, I think he wrote that from prison. I'll, I'll, I didn't check that ahead of time, but because some of the letters he's in prison, some of the letters he's not in prison, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But the, the, the motivation is the same that he knew and we used to know that Every day we have on this earth is a blessing because we get to live for Jesus, we get to love Jesus, and we get to tell people about Jesus. But every day that we get to go and be with Jesus is better. 
And we used to live like that. When we die, it's better. But we're still blessed here because we get to work and do the things, like Paul says, that God created in advance for us to do. That's all of us. That's not just pastors. That's not just leaders. All of us have been created with works for us to do in advance by God based on your gifts and your skills and your abilities. And I think you should do that. I'm trying to do that. I think we all should live to that end. And we may have a great opportunity as the church, the big C church, right, that we're able to pour into people who are really interested in being part of the church, being part of the kingdom of God, being part of that body of believers that goes out into the world and makes disciples, as Jesus said, of all nations. And I hope that we can do that. I hope that you can pour into those that are in your life, in the church. I hope that you can become part of a community of believers that can band together and, and be strong and courageous in the midst of this crazy and wacky culture that is more and more going to be turning against you. So God bless you and continue to keep the faith.